Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 308, Fall Turkey Hunting with Ray I. And I am your co-host, and the guy who still has a honeydew list about a mile and a half long. And I'm your co-host and the guy who's about to go see Yogi up in Yellowstone. Yeah, that's going to be a fun trip. That's on my to-do list and I have threatened two times over the past three years to go to Yellowstone and I still have not been. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it and I found on Facebook, it was random, a guy I follow posted a picture of this gigantic grizzly bear guarding an elk kill that it apparently grabbed this giant like six by six bull and then drags it up on the bank right by the road and it's been guarding it for two days Hmm. and the guy dropped me a pin on where the bear is and supposedly the bear should still be there when we get there thursday so we're gonna go look at yogi first thing when we get there 
That's pretty cool. But his actual name's Hercules, but I, I'm going to call him Yogi. He looks like a good boy. I might go give him a few pets. I would do that, he's... and I would just try to get that six-by-six six skull from him. I think, I mean, he doesn't seem very protective of it at all, other than he like is literally sleeping on top of the carcass. He just spent the last day burying it, apparently. Well, so. I'm pretty sure that you can outwit a dumb old grizzly bear. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'll send Audrey in first, and then while like they're making acquaintances, I'll, I'll grab the horns. That bear does not stand a chance if you do that. That's not even fair. Yeah. He, if she walked up there, he would be cleaning something around the area within ten minutes. The uh -huh. bear, he would have, he would have a honey do list like you were talking about. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, probably so. so. Construction done, and now you're cleaning everything up, or is that that what's going on here? So the painters, actually, I mean, within the last two minutes have just left my house from hanging the cabinet doors back up where they painted the cabinets in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I still have, uh, I mean, we've got still got stuff everywhere, but Friday we moved furniture back into the main level of the house. We've got some rearranging to do because we are repurposing some rooms. So what was our dining room is going to be our offices or office now and what was our sunroom is going to be our dining room nice and what was the office in the basement is now going to be our hunting and workout room and my podcast room so nice. right now because the desk that was in the room that you and Audrey stay in when you come to visit mm -hmm. is that desk has been moved to the office, the old dining room, and it's not set up. And the hunting slash workout slash podcast room is not set up. It is still my actual office office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we got rearranging to do, and that will probably happen over the weekend. My hope is... The next time you and I speak is that I will be podcasting from my new exercise slash hunting slash podcast room. Nice. Me too. I'm hopeful for you. Yeah. Well. So that's all making one huge assumption. And that assumption is that I'm still alive this time next week and my wife hasn't killed me in my sleep. That is that's a, that is a big assumption. Yeah. Assuming you make it till then, how much longer... Do you need to survive to potentially put the whacking on an Alabama wild turkey gobbler? 177 days, 12 hours, 40 minutes, and 32 seconds. That's coming in close. Yeah, we're now under the six-month mark. I'll be able to whack on one in my home state of Tennessee in 191 days, 12 hours, 9 minutes, and 0 seconds. But... I'm hoping I'll have a couple whacked before I get back to the old home state. Absolutely. <laughs> that is the goal. Yeah. I got to tell you, this was a really interesting episode to me that we got coming up because I'm getting really into the fall turkey hunting thing. And probably the biggest idol in the fall turkey hunting world has got to be the guy we have on today, Ray I. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the only people I've heard who says he'd rather hunt him in the fall. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You don't hear that much. Yeah, 
You're exactly right. I think that Ray is probably one of the few people who are still above ground that will say that because there's a lot of old timers who are not around anymore who would have probably said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when, that's when we used to hunt them. Mm -hmm. There's a reason we have turkey at Thanksgiving and not Easter. Historically, I do have some turkey at Easter every now and then. I like me an Easter turkey. I, you know, I enjoyed my fall season last year. It's not as intense. I don't put as much pressure on myself, I feel like. And it's just a beautiful time of year to get in the woods anyway. And I just personally don't find any enjoyment out of shooting deer. So why would I not want a fall turkey hunt, you know? <laughs> right. I just have always gravitated towards shooting birds turkeys and ducks and quail and dove i just don't like shooting beautiful land mammals <laughs> that taste really good though <laughs> they're for hugging and kissing and petting aren't they yeah i mean i don't know i just this is not for me but i do like eating them so that i will shoot one every now and then to eat them but i just don't get the i got a big rush out of my fall turkey last year a lot more so than i've ever had from a deer so yeah for me fall turkey makes a lot of sense i love chasing turkeys it'll make me a better spring hunter and talking to ray has been kind of a dream of mine i've gotten to talk to him at the nwtf you know but he's talking to all kind of people there it's hard to have a full conversation with him and then to get to talk about his favorite topic fall turkeys is really i mean it was awesome i, I really enjoyed this upcoming interview you guys are going to hear yeah well do you want to keep talking about it between you and me or do you want to jump into it and play it i say we just go ahead and play it i'd say you know listen to ray he's definitely the mastermind of fall turkey hunting and see what you think see if it makes you want to get out and try it well you know if i had feelings that probably would have hurt my feelings that you don't want to talk to me about it. <laughs> well, but, considering you live in a state without fall turkey hunting, you're useless of information to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Let's, let's get into this. Listen to Ray, and we will see you guys on the other side. See you on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me, of course, Cameron Weddington, and I'm not real excited about Cameron being on the line with me, but I am excited about having our special guest today, the one, the only, Uncle Ray I. Ray, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. we're It's an honor to have you on. We're always excited to talk to you, and, you know, you not surprisingly, you have a way of getting people fired up and ready to run into the woods with a shotgun and camo. And so I'm looking forward to picking your brain today. You know, absolutely. I'm sitting here at my desk where I record all the podcast and I'm watching a squirrel run up and down a pine tree that's about, I don't know, 75 or 80 feet tall. And he's chewing off green branches from an oak tree and carrying those branches all the way up to the top of the pine tree and building a nest up there. And I'm just sitting here thinking that's one critter that's getting prepared for fall and winter. And that is what we're about to talk to you about. And that's doing some fall turkey hunting. So Ray, tell us, I know you've, you've written several books and you've got videos out and, and things like that. And Cameron has been reading quite a few of your books lately and i think he's ordered some dvds from you but oh yeah tell us a little bit Can't about wait. how tell the listeners how they can find you online 
what your social media profiles are so they can follow you there. And I know they're going to want to buy books. And of course, they're going to want Rei's signature in the book. Is how, how can they go about getting those? Well, the easiest way to order any of my products is just go to rei.com. It's just my website. Of course, I'm all over Facebook. I've got uh, two Facebook pages and I run a, I have a radio show here in San Luis and I post a lot of stuff about that. And we have a lot of great shows to talk about fall turkey hunting and products and stuff. So just rayi.com is the easiest way or just send me a message on Facebook and I'll hook you up. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all definitely check that out because I know I've been gleaning much info from Mr. Ray I's books and hopefully the DVDs will be here soon so I can get to watching those. Well, Ray, I, I don't want you to get too big headed here, but Cameron told me the other day we were talking and he said, I just finished Ray Oz. I can't remember which book it was that he was reading. He said, I, I just finished Ray Oz's book. And he said, the last chapter of that book, I, I just <laughs> laughed uncontrollably like every single word. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it was, let me see which one it was. I have a bunch of them, but the one I was referencing hunting hunting wild turkeys with ray i yeah it was chapter chapter 26 or something the cow story oh oh, and then uh, i told that in my seminars for years (laughs) it was always fun about that story is that if if i was at like in indiana and the local dignitary was there i always put him in the cow suit What is he said uh, the guy who was the hind end of the cow or whatever is like you yeah. know you better brace yourself or I'm gonna act like I'm eating grass but you better brace yourself yeah, when that bull grass, is you better brace yourself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that one and the the guy with the leaf gators or whatever or what are woods Ridge gators. alligators or whatever it was. Ridge, Ridge gators. gators. Actually, oh actually, my gosh, last, uh, we did a media hunt on the current river and Billy Smith is a river rat down here and he's a guide in the ozarks he's got one leg from an accident from many years ago we had a young lady on there from the turkey federation uh from their magazine and and website and she was in the boat and he told her that she better be careful if she had to get out of the boat and go potty because of the ridge gators and it's time of year they come down to the water and etc and, and she kind of questioned him and he pulled his leg off and said well look at here this happened to me with a ridge gator and handed her his aesthetic leg <laughs> Yeah, I was dying when, uh, I don't know what it was, it's like you said, he sat down at the bar next to some other guy and ordered him a beer and said, man, those Ridge Gators are rough this year, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I I literally, like, my wife came out there, she's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, I don't, this book is hilarious <laughs> in this chapter, like, this is killing me. Well, so, yeah. yeah. That then, book's worth getting for that one chapter, and there's plenty of other info to help you with turkey hunting and good stories in the rest of it. But, man, that one cracked me up. Yeah, well, and, and that is what we all who have listened to Ray's numerous seminars that he, that he has done and seen him in some of the videos that he's done and, and all, you know, it's kind of what we expect from Ray. And so, Ray, thank you for keeping us entertained over the years as well and educating us. And so let's get into some of that education right, stuff. You're more than welcome. All right. Well, Ray, I know you love, absolutely love fall turkey hunting, and that's your true passion. If you had to pick one, I, I think that's the one you would pick, isn't it? Yes, it is. Fall I, over spring. Fall turkey hunting is my passion. Yeah, so we're going to deep dive into that today. But before we do, I have a question for you. I already know the answer, but I I just want to dig into it a little bit with you. Have you done 
much late winter turkey hunting? Yes, I have quite a bit. So Cameron and I are actually in the throes of preparing a and planning for a late winter turkey hunt this year. And so we're excited about that. And, and you know, it'll be my first one. Cameron went, what was it, two I years ago to Kansas? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quantify it as much of a turkey hunt. We gave up pretty quick and swapped to quail hunting because that's what the rest of the group wanted to do. So, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't I, a I, legit attempt. I'll say that. Uh, late winter late winter turkey hunting is some of the best. Uh, years ago in the seventies, that was my favorite time to archery to bow on fall gobblers was late season because they were in big flocks. But out in Kansas, oh my gosh, the hunts I've had in Kansas in December, unbelievable in the fall. Yeah, really. Now Kansas no longer has a January season, if I'm not mistaken. I think they've got rid of that, didn't they? Yeah, they changed a lot of stuff out there. But we hunted out there shot television for the national wild turkey federation and we did a several december hunts late season and it was just phenomenal each each hunter was allowed three turkeys fall turkeys we hunted fall gobblers they were in huge flocks roost the roosts in the morning to be 300 turkeys on a roost on a river it was fabulous wow that's awesome well if i'm not mistaken the number one challenge is of course just like we have with any type of turkey hunting but especially in in winter and we run into the same thing with fall and that's locating birds that's obviously step one but isn't that the biggest hurdle for late winter you would say yeah yeah uh visual watching birds from a distance uh, knowing the habitat find the food source find the turkeys find the roost areas and uh target those and get in tight on them. Do a lot of calling. I do more calling in the fall and winter than I do in the spring. Huh. And you do, obviously, I mean, I've read your books and stuff. It sounds like it's mostly gobbler to gobbler talk or hen to hen talk. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in the fall, that's the difference. You want to call hens, you call the hens. The only difference is uh, young turkeys, you know, you call like an old hen to young turkeys and you key, key, do a key key, like mm-hmm. a poult, call poult, poult. But uh, yeah, to call gobblers, you gobbler yelp. You, go, you go, call gobbler to gobbler. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty pumped up about this late winter hunt. I have heard some great things about it and actually oh, yeah. had Rob Keck on the show. And, you know, when I when I ran oh, into Rob, what's that? I said you had my condolences. You had to deal with Rob Keck. <laughs> well, when I, when I ran into him, I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the show sometime. I said, I'll, I'll shoot you over a couple of topic ideas and you pick one and then we'll choose a date. And he said, I don't, I don't want to choose a topic idea. I already know what I want to talk about. I said, oh, okay, what's right. that? I want to talk about late winter turkey hunting. So, Me uh, and Rob shared many of the camp at late winter turkey hunting. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, I've watched your video on YouTube at uh, the Battle of, I'll call it the Battle of something. I can't remember the name of it, but in Kansas. Yeah. And I believe you shot a Jake, and it that field was so full of turkeys, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the big flock of birds. Yeah, we killed. Uh, we each killed three birds on that. I killed a Jake and then two adult gobblers, and Rob wow. got uh, a Jake and two adult gobblers. That was a great hunt. Shot it all on television. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it. So, do you in late winter as opposed to early fall? Are you more aggressive towards the gobblers? Aren't they getting more into establishing dominance? I guess late winter than they are early fall, or is it about the same through the whole season? Well, it's it's. That's a, that's a tough one to answer, but when there's more gobblers in bigger groups like that, yeah, there's more pushing and shoving and more picking orders. Mm-hmm. And those big winter flocks like that, 
you interact with them and get very aggressive with them. Of course you do. But if I get on a flock of fall gobblers in October off the roof, I'm going to get pretty aggressive with those as well, even though it's a smaller amount of birds. But uh, I pretty much call the same, depending on, of course, it all depends on the situation and the turkeys, how they're reacting to the calls. Yeah. So you're just kind of taking their temperature just like you would really any other time of year. Okay. Sure. Very good. So Cameron, have you picked his brain enough? Well, I know you haven't, but... Are you satisfied today about late winter and you want to move on to some fall, early fall? Yeah, I'm pretty that. interested in talking about more so Uber turkey hunting because that's coming up. I mean, we got, what, two weeks and we'll be hunting in October. I know Missouri, is that where you call home, Mr. Ray? Yeah, Missouri. Our season opens October 1. Runs for a yeah, while. yeah. So I'll, I'll be there, actually. I'm going to come up to Missouri and hunt uh, the first two weekends in October and I've never been to Missouri, so I think I'm going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage because I won't have had much scouting experience. But I was going to ask you, you know, my first day when I get to Missouri, I'm going to hunt a big block of public land, which I'm sure a lot of people will hunt and stuff. I mean, what what should be step one for the fall turkey hunter to try to locate a flock of turkeys, specifically male turkeys? I'm, I'm really interested in trying to harvest yeah. a gobbler, obviously. Yeah, of course, like anything else in the with turkeys is find the sign immediately look at the topo look look for food sources where acorns or whatever whatever type of terrain you're hunting and mm-hmm. uh find uh find the waterways in there and check those out but look for the sign try to find roosts and see if you can see turkeys or hear turkeys get in there and scout and listen at daylight for turkeys on the roost you'll have to try to pinpoint the gobblers of course by looking for their sign but it, it's it's a matter of, of covering a lot of ground doing a lot of watching and a lot of listening scout while you're hunting uh, mm-hmm. the way i hunt fall turkeys is, is set up and call and i'll set down in an area and call for i hate to put a time limit on line time limit on it turkeys don't wear watches but 45 minutes to an hour then stay a little longer and then move and call but if you can uh, talk to somebody in the area that knows the area and tell them where they ask them where they've been seeing turkeys in that area or find somebody that's hunted that area and find the food sources in there and find the roost areas, and that'll start targeting where you start finding the sign and calling it. It won't take long to figure it's, it's a lot like fishing, really. If you've got a big area of timber and ridges and hollers and broken open fields and stuff, it's just like fishing areas. Only certain areas in that uh, terrain is going to hold turkeys. you got to yeah. find those spots. When I hunted years ago in the, uh, in the, in the early 70s at, in Johnson Mountain in the National Forest, used to be the Clark National Forest, that's a massive area. You, you stand up on a mountainside and look across those valleys and hills, and you're like, where do I start? But over the years, what I've found is there are only little certain pockets and areas of that mountain hold the turkeys. That's where the food source is. That's where the roosting is. That's where the cover is for the hens for nesting for in the spring, and, and that's where you find your turkeys. So you, you bypass a lot of open areas that doesn't hold turkeys and get in the areas that hold the turkeys. Hmm. So you talk about locating the food source, and of course that's always a good place to start scouting no matter what our quarry is but how much of that of of where you're looking for food sources depends on weather for turkeys so if for example are you looking in fields are you looking in the woods for those food sources what looking are you looking at both look everywhere okay. if, if there's if there's roads there's old roads walk those old roads and every time a, a ridge runs off run off the end of that point look around 
if it's fields, walk the edge of the field. Look for the droppings. Look for the scratchings. Look for the, look for feathers. Look for tracks and the mud holes. But uh, if, when I went into a new area here in southern Missouri, the first thing I did was look at the topple map, saw all the old roads that were in the area, and I walked all those roads until I found the most abundant amount of sign. And then I found the roost area, and then I set up in there, and we killed a turkey the next morning. Mm. And I'd never been on that property before. Yeah, so... So day one, when I show up to Missouri, I need to be looking for the most abundant sign possible on a food source. And then once you find the food source, you kind of, what do you circle that area and look for those roost trees? And then, you know, kind of the picture, I guess. Right, right, right. Because turkeys in the fall, if if they're not, if the habitat doesn't change and if they don't get any pressure on them, they'll roost in the same spots while they're on that food source. For instance, down in Iron County, Missouri, where I hunted in the 1970s, like I killed a gobbler there in 1975 and 78. This fall, 2020, I can go to that same ridge in the dark, go to that same tree, and more than likely be on turkeys at daylight because it hasn't changed. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So year after year, fall-wise, they're really hitting the same areas. Do you? Right. That's where the food source is. Let's say you find a, a cut cornfield and there's a huge flock of hens on it, but you're you're not wanting to shoot a hen. Are you? If you see them, are you expecting there to be a gobbler flock probably using that same food source, or is it possible the gobblers <laughs> are three miles away? It could be either or. You'll have okay. to figure that out on those turkeys. <laughs> but if I see a flock of hens, I usually walk on by them because I'm looking for the gobblers. Uh, yeah. Any of the fall places I've hunted where the hens were hanging out the gobblers were somewhere uh in that area but not right there with the hens mm-hmm. yeah that's what if the last food was year there, food was there in abundance the turkey the gobblers were there too yeah mm-hmm. last year my first year fall turkey hunting i i found a group of gobblers and they were on one side of this huge pasture and the hens were using the other side so i was yeah, wondering if that was uh, yeah i was wondering if that was kind of a, a usual thing like if you find yeah. turkeys even if they're not the males you're looking for like should you really start honing in on that area because the toms might be nearby yeah I, I give you an example in north missouri that's open country okay uh big fields pastures crop fields uh creek bottoms with uh, some tree timber in it but pretty open and when you when i first started going to north missouri me growing up in the ozarks was a whole different game because if I scattered a flock of turkeys for regroup, they'd fly off in different directions, but land in open field and visibly see each other and run back together, and I couldn't recall them. Well, I had to learn how to readjust and hunt those areas for fall, but what I'm going at here is there was a big field on top of a hill, and below it on the other side was some finger ridges went down into a creek bottom. I could hunt that area. And when I went down the road, I saw a flock of gobblers in that field. So I watched those gobblers, and I stayed with them until they went into the creek to roost. First time I'd ever been on this property. I watched where they went into roost. The next morning, I was between the field and the roost where they went in and called aggressively at the roost. They flew down. They got together. They came up the ridge to me, and I killed a fall gobbler the first morning I was in there. Wow, that's awesome. Have you, I know I'm kind of rapid fire on you right now, but have you, in your experience... If you had a piece of property that has both agricultural fields and a lot of hardwoods, let's say in mm-hmm. October, Missouri's October season, if you could hunt either or, do the, do, have you noticed if the turkeys seem to more so prefer a fresh cut cornfield or do they prefer if the acorns are really falling, are they going to be in the woods? If the acorns are good, they're going to be in the woods. That's that's what I've seen. Uh, they love okay. the corn. They love the crop fields. But they're going to eat the natural stuff first. And that, that cornfield is going to be very, very, very important to the flock of birds 
later in the winter when things get tough to eat mm, for food. That when makes the bugs, sense. When the bugs so, are gone. When, yeah. yeah. When the bugs are gone, frost, and the acorns are pretty much done, done because you got brush carp eating those acorns as well. So there's, a, you know, the acorns are gone. They're going to go to the fields. Mm-hmm. So the, the fields late winter become really important, whereas I guess oh, October, really November, early yeah. November is when your acorns are the, the main deal. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying they won't be out in the corn. They won't eat the corn, but it's been my experience over the years in those type of scenarios that I kill more turkeys in the woods in the timber on acorns than I do on the crop fields. I do that mostly later on in the season. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, that, that's really good info right there. I know if it's raining, is that a good, just like spring, is that a good time to go glass a bunch of fields hey, and find them? Yeah, sure. Hey, guys, if it's raining, if the wind's blowing, if the sun's shining, if it's cloudy, if it's turkey season, hunt, get in the woods. And get <laughs> I'm after with you. After. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm with you. I was just wondering if that, you know, in spring when it rains, they tend to really migrate out to those fields. I didn't know if that was kind of a good strategy. If you did have a rainy morning, maybe focus more effort yeah. on the fields. They're going to be where the food is. You find the food, you find the turkeys. Okay. Regardless of the weather. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. So after we've located them, you mentioned, you know, that you'll also go into an area and, and if you're going in to blind that you will go in and sit and call for a while and then get up and walk a little yeah. bit and sit and call. So let's say you, you've done that, you've located them and you've got time. It's not nearing fly up time or anything like that. What, I mean, you're going to move in and, and set up accordingly to where the birds are if they're in the woods or in a field and right what's your approach going to be calling at that point in time and, and again now we've talked about the fact that you would much much rather kill an adult gobbler over a hen so that's that's oh, our yeah. target at this point but you know sometimes you want to shoot the hens too because you're still mad at them from springtime Absolutely. <laughs> yeah and they're tasty pretty, yeah I was gonna say pretty tasty they're too. very good to eat yeah all right, let, let me give you a scenario on calling that I used for years and took lots and lots of turkeys. And, and I'll just lay it out for you without getting into, you know, there, there's several, there's lots of ways to hunt fall turkeys. One is to find a flock and scatter it because in, in nature, when a flock of turkeys gets separated, they recall to get back together. That is the traditional uh, across the country way of fall turkey hunting. Well, in my Ozark Hills, I may walk for two days before I found the turkeys. And when I found a flock of turkeys, I didn't want to run them off, make them fly away because <laughs> it took me two days to find them. Yeah. So yeah. What I did was just move and call. And I used scattering turkeys as a secondary method. Now, don't get me wrong. I love recalling turkeys. It's a lot of fun. And the vocalization is tremendous, both with hens, poults, and, and gobblers. But the way I hunted, and I took a group of guys, outdoor riders, many, many years ago, into the Ozarks, and on these big ridges that run off the mountain is these old logging roads on top and the little smaller roads that go off of those. And wherever ridges come together, wherever there's a junction of ridges on this road, I would start at the top of the road, go down the road, set up off the side of the road just under the hill where you can see the road and the ridge and call and stay and call. Start hen yelping, purrs, clucks, scratch leaves, get more aggressive and gobber yelp and do whatever and listen and watch for turkeys. Many times turkeys would arrive and come up on the ridge with you that were using that road. Of course, we saw scratching and we saw poop when we went in. There was a lot of turkeys back in those days. But I would cover that road. And I mean, this, this, this particular ridge road was about three miles long. And I'd go about 150, 200 yards, set back up and do it 
if I didn't strike birds or have birds answer or come in, I'd cover that entire ridge as far as it would go. Then I'd turn around, come back, and set up in the same spots and many times kill turkeys on the way back in those same hmm. spots. But what has happened on that hunt with these group of guys, the, the second place we set up, a flock of hens and poles came up out of a hollow to our left up into the in front of these guys, and gobblers came up out of the right. The guy on the right shot a gobbler. The guy on the left shot a big adult hen, and all the turkeys scattered, okay? So the turkeys flew out. Now, in hill country like this and ridges, when they flew, they went every direction off of these hollers and over the next ridges. Mm -hmm. So for two different days, two more days, we used that road and, and, call, and recalled turkeys and killed turkeys. Everybody got a turkey. So we used wow. moving and calling and then went to recalling, and everybody killed a turkey. And we never, and this, this is a, you know, there's 20,000, 30,000 acres of national forest in there, and we hunted, you know, a three-mile road in all that timber. But that's where the turkeys were. That's where the food source was. And we moved and called, and then we also implemented the scatter. Very interesting. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of fall hunters who really take the same approach as you, that or have the same opinion that you do, and that is that they would much rather hunt a flock as it is, let, yeah. you know, them doing their oh, own wow. thing rather than busting them up. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. I had a hunt uh, about uh, four years ago. A friend of mine, we hunted this area 30-something years ago, and we decided, the two old guys, we're going to go back down there where we hunted. Now, they logged a lot of this and clear-cut some of it, but the area that we hunted 30 years ago, uh, they hadn't cut yet. We decided we were going to go in there and hunt turkeys. So we pulled a camper down there, went up on a ridge where we hunted 30-something years ago, parked the camper, walked up the old logging road, that afternoon to just kind of scout a little bit. And we got up on the ridge where we hunted. We were talking about the last time we hunted there. And I called and a turkey answered up on the ridge. And then it answered again. Of course, we had our tags. We had our guns. We both sat down and I ran a camera. I was shooting TV. I had a, I had a video camera and I was running camera and I called. And this hen yelped all the way down the hill. Another turkey's yelped. Turkeys came up in front of us. We, we just got there. And my buddy shot a turkey. And you're allowed two turkeys. You can get two in the same day. And then he shot a second turkey. He was done. We, we just parked the camper, walked in there, and he shot these two turkeys within 40 yards of where he killed his last fall turkey with me 30 years ago. How cool is that? That's that is cool. neat. Yeah, yeah. So That is neat. So going back to the hunting them like they are, I mean, that makes perfectly good sense. You know, you, you've located them. That is about yeah. the hardest part of fall turkey hunting is locating the birds. Oh, so why would you scare them off and yeah. hope that and they would cool, come and back? And the cool thing is, yeah, but once you find them like that, that's the thing that's always worked for us. You may sp spend some time locating and finding once you find those turkeys, if that food source doesn't change, they'll be there every day. Mm -hmm. They'll be there every day. And after that, I can take guys right to those turkeys on every hunt. Yeah. So let, if... let me give you a quick example. I've, I've got my hands free here. I got an old box call here, okay? So the hen yelps, as you guys know, is a, you know, kind of cadence and rhythm. And the reason I want to do this, I want, to, I want you to compare that to the gobbler yelp, which is longer in length. all you got to do that's a gobbler yell on a box call and that yeah. will call and kill you a lot of fall turkeys yeah we've we've talked about before a lot of people who get a hold of a box call that, that early on they, they're doing gobbler yelps and they don't even know it and they're killing turkeys <laughs> oh yeah oh, i've seen that yeah I've seen that yeah. in the spring, too. Yeah, I've, I've, awesome. my first turkey was killed absolutely with gobbler yelps in the spring because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Good deal. So you've gotten in there, 
your approach in calling these birds, again, are you kind of feeling them out uh, with their mood and and working your aggression level, or I should say matching yeah. your aggression yeah, level with theirs? I want to get them worked up. Okay. Yeah, but I want to get them worked up. That's the whole concept. I don't want to be laid back and, and, and do a soft turn the clock and hope they show up. I want to get them worked up and work on their pecking order and their, their dominance, mm-hmm. their social structure. And, and that's worked for me for years and years and years. I've been hunting these fall turkeys since the early 70s. And, boy, I tell you what, a, a frosty morning in, in October in the Ozarks and a roost of turkeys waking up and hearing them fly down and, and, and start cutting and yelping and, and gobbling and even strutting coming in is, is phenomenal. It's just, to me, it's yeah. way, way more fun and more exciting than a spring turkey hunt where you call him the gobbler most of the time. Yeah, so, so it, it, let's say you call and a gobbler gobbler yelps on top of you. Are you trying to just crawl back all over him and just kind of you're oh, challenging him almost? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I'll tell him I'm going to slap a snoot off his face. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And, so, and then he tells you, you that, and uh, one of y'all ends up winning in the end. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like you grew up as a kid in school. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I like that a lot because I, I do that with hen yelps to gobblers in spring to yeah. get them worked up in that way. But you're getting them worked up in a let's duke it out kind of thing. Yeah, when I, when, it, when I get eight or nine gobblers coming in through the timber to my gobbler yelps and they're, and they're pissed off and they're cutting and then uh, they cut me off, there's always one strutting. That's the dominant huh. bird. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Gobble year round. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched some, one of your some, videos and they were gobbling and strutting like crazy on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it happens a lot. I've heard a lot of gobbling in the fall, especially in response to calling because of the dominance factor. The, the head mm-hmm. dude there, he's used to having a play with everybody. And all of a sudden there's a strange, a different Turkey challenging his status and he don't like it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just like, it's just like after even in the fall, bring a set of spurs to a gunfight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad choice yeah so if you locate because i've read some people doing this but if you locate a flock of gobblers and you watch them fly up you're just coming back and setting up on the flock while they're on the roost rather than running in there amongst the roost shooting and really splitting them up the night before no 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 i wouldn't scatter pick no no i'd set up on the side they flew up from okay i've roosted lots and lots of fall gobblers and killed lots of fall gobblers right off the roost like that uh where they come but i get on the same side like if they come across this field went into the timber edge and flew up into a group of trees in the creek there's a reason they're flying up from that side you don't want to set up on the opposite side set up where they flew up yeah because i guess they're gonna head back yeah I've, i've roosted fall gobblers for years and and I, we kill most of our gobblers uh, in the, after, if, after we roost them by setting up a challenge in the morning. Let them do their thing. They'll fly to the ground, start sorting each other out, get all aggravated. And you'll hear them when they're coming. I've had hunters just get up and just couldn't believe what they just witnessed when a flock of gobblers come into fight. Do you roost call to them or do you let them get, you said, get down and do their thing? Oh, yeah, or you I'll, call I'll call Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll call to them. I'll gobble yelp at them. Absolutely. So you'll gobble yelp and kind of cluck on the roost and yeah. I mean, yep. will you do a fly down cackle yep. or? No, I, I don't usually cackle, but I'll do okay. gobbler yelping and and cutting and uh, purring and I'll scratch leaves things like that. But I'll yeah. be talking on the roost and the next morning when it starts breaking light, I'll do a couple clucks and then you'll hear them open up. Okay. And then once they hit the ground, you start telling them. Then I hammer things them. they don't want to hear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've do you had ever gobble? Like an outdoor, yeah, I gobble all the time at them. Okay. Is that on your box? 
or do you natural voice or what do you gobble on your box call okay no i gobble my voice but i got a bit of a cold right now okay are you doing that inhaling or exhaling that one's inhaling i also do one exhaling but i got a cold i can't do it right now okay okay yeah that's a pretty solid gobble you've you've been practicing that for more than a day or two yeah actually it's a lot better than that it kind of sucks right now but that's okay well, that would have worked for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I'll so, take your gobble with a cold over mine any day. One thing I know about you, Ray, from from our conversations in the past is that you are not afraid to call. Not at all. Yeah, I, I've been I've been labeled a Yelpaholic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, uh, you know, I think. But that... remember something, guys: turkeys aren't afraid to call either. Right. I don't know whoever came up with this thing that. You call too much. Listen to the turkeys. Turkey. Nobody tells the turkeys how much they can call. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to to go in and talk a little bit more about this busting flocks up versus hunting the flock okay. as is. You, at least in my feeble little mind, I'm thinking that to challenge a gobbler is much easier when there is a flock of gobblers together than it is challenging a solo gobbler that's been busted up from a flock. Am I right or wrong in that because of the strength of numbers well, thing? Well, you're kind of right. Okay. When they're separated, you're not calling them for dominance. You're calling them for them to regroup and get back together. Uh-huh. They, they're, they're in a group, and they each have their, their, their status and the social structure of that flock. But once they're separated, all they want to do is get back together in that flock. Okay. So you call them that way on a scatter. When they're in a group together, you're challenging them more of, of, with the gobbler yelps on their social status. Okay. All right. That's that's good information. And I, I have and you heard... Probably, you guys have probably read and heard... You guys have probably read and heard how, you know, you can scatter hens and poults for recall, but these old gobblers, they won't recall for a month. They won't recall for days. It's not true. I've had adult gobblers in a scatter. By the time they flew off, I already had one yelping and running all the way in yelping 30 times in a row. Now, there's other times it'll take a while. All turkeys are different in the amount of pressure on them, et cetera. But turkeys, gobblers will recall, and we've killed a lot of gobblers. We call in a big flock of gobblers, we kill one, okay? We got the bird. The other one's scattered. They fly off in different directions. We grab our other hunter and move up in the direction they flew and set up. Try to wait. I usually try to wait till I hear one make a vocalization. You hear one, another one an answer, then get on the call. That bird comes in yelping 30 times and cutting and runs right up in your face. The guy kills that bird. You kill two. You take the third hunter in the direction the other one's blue, and you kill three, and you walk out of the woods with three adult gobblers. What a morning. That's beautiful fall hunting. Yeah, and then it's followed up by eggs and bacon and grits, and, yeah, that's hard to beat. Biscuits and gravy, mm, yeah. potato cakes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool. So the uh, that was what I was about to ask you was typically the time that it takes for a gobbler, a group of gobblers that's been busted uh-huh. up to get back together. I've always heard, you know, that it is. Yeah, it takes longer than hens and and poults typically. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. It depends on the turkeys, on the scatter, the type of terrain, the time of year, whether it's right at dark or middle of the day, whatever. But it, it all varies. Over the years, scattering gobblers, pretty quick recall most of the time. Hmm. Okay. And you can come back. A lot of times you can come back. We just, just uh, a lot of times we're on a scatter in, in the Ozarks and in the steep stuff and the rough stuff. You can come back the next day at daylight and go to the scatter point and call birds in. Hmm. They'll come back to that spot trying to the- find everybody. 
Yeah, I've been sitting on the roost thinking about it all night, I guess. Oh, yeah. Do I you still archery fall turkey hunt quite a bit? No, not like I used to. I, I haven't had a chance. I've been so busy with everything else. And I had some issues mm. with my shoulder, and I couldn't shoot my recurve. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm wanting mm. to get back into that. I've been shooting a little bit, and, and I love archery hunting fall turkeys. And I, and I want to do that, but do I you, did that for many, many years. Do you use a blind to do that, or do you just no. go in the woods no, with your I, bow I, like you have a shotgun pretty much? Yeah, yeah. That's the way I always – we didn't have blinds back when I was hunting in the 70s uh-huh. and 80s. There was no such thing as a – as a turkey blind and and uh, i moved and called and hunted off the ground with my bow and that's the way i still like to hunt now if i'm hunting with somebody that's a fidget or the kids or or a good setup someplace yeah. where, where they can hunt, yeah I'll, I'll hunt in the blind with them especially if i'm running camera but for me if i'm going to go hunting no i wouldn't hunt out of the blind okay so if you're by yourself and you challenge a flock of 10 gobblers and they're coming in and you have your bow mm-hmm. how are you getting the draw on one without all those you know you got 20 gobbler eyes looking oh. around well if it's, if it's in the temper i always i always set up i shoot off of one knee i go down on one knee mm-hmm. hold my bow and i keep a tree in front of me what i call a blocker tree for a year i don't know why i've always called it a blocker tree and if i hear them coming up the ridge i kind of scoot around and keep that tree between me and them until they get where i want them i always try to get a little break in the hill a bend in the logging road and when they step up I'm flinging arrows. I don't have to pull and huh. hold and find a side. I shoot a snickleby. I shoot a recurve, 65-pound recurve. Yeah, so you keep the tree literally like you're on one side of the tree and the turkeys are yeah, turkeys completely on the, on the other side yeah. of the tree. Yeah. So you find yeah, a big of, tree some, that you can get behind. Yeah, some, uh, some of the turkeys I killed, uh, some that I wrote stories about and talked about was was a blowdown, like a treetop. And I knew the area mm-hmm. and I knew the logging road came around the treetop. And I was on one side of the treetop at the end. The turkeys were coming from the left on the other side, off the roost, down the road. And when they came around the end of the treetop, they were 20 feet, you know. Yeah, there they are. Always do something like that. Okay, interesting. Because I've been thinking about getting into archery turkey hunting. And that was the part I just could I don't want to hunt out of a blind. I just, it's just not for me, really. And I I was trying to figure out how to get the draw on them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Many years ago, I guess it was in the 70s. Uh, yeah, it was about 1978. I walked up on a, a guy in his bib overalls and a felt hat up on Pruitt Mountain, and he had a little double barrel hammer gun, and I had a bow, and he's looking at me. And he goes, what are you doing out here with a bow and arrow? I said, I'm hunting turkeys. He looked at me. He said, you know what he said to me? He says, you know why there ain't no Indians around here? And I said, no. He said, because they used to try to eat by hunting turkeys with a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> That makes perfectly good sense to me. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't uh, argue funny. with him, though, could you? No, not at all. Yeah, there, there weren't any Indians around there, that's for sure. <laughs> that's too good. Too good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, Cameron, well, I know you've got a bunch more questions, but anything pressing you want to ask Ray before we cut him loose and let him get back to his day? Yeah, I was just going to ask, we'll go one more thing. So, Andy and I, as we mentioned, we're planning to try to get our, our first winter gobblers we're hoping for. Okay. We're going to go out to Utah, supposedly, in February. Okay. And we will have never been there before, so we're going to fly in Friday. What's step one in February? I mean, I'm, I'm considering that there's probably going to be snow on the ground. I'm the turkey. It's the same thing we've been talking about. You've got okay. to to hunt, and if you, know, if you know anyone out there, that knows the area can give you any information. Topples of the area, get out there and get on your feet and get to moving around and find the sign and find the turkeys and get on them. Find the food source. Okay. And and by that time of year, I'm assuming low elevation and and probably ag fields. Probably so. With it yeah. being that cold, yeah. Yeah. 
probably so. Okay. So find, find a, a good gr- group board, of gobblers and. Yeah, they all. If you can find some place where agriculture, where they're on some fields in in the in mm-hmm. winter like that, they'll be big bunch. That was always fun in the winter because of the big flocks of gobblers. And they were all mm-hmm. on the same food source. Oh my gosh, it, it was awesome. And I know you don't use decoys, do you? I know Rob Keck. He uses a lot of male decoys. Yeah, he uses a lot of decoys, but no, I don't really use decoys. Not in the fall. Okay. Don't really use them much in the spring. It all depends on who I'm hunting with. Whether again, it's the kids or handicapped or a veteran, somebody yeah. in a wheelchair or something. You know, we'll use that kind of thing. But uh, again. Back when I grew up hunting, we didn't have all this stuff. We didn't have camouflage. We didn't have decoys. We didn't have blinds. We didn't have mm-hmm. turkey loads. We didn't have turkey guns. We had none of those things. We just had us and the turkeys. Can of Copenhagen, my grandma's jelly biscuit, three shells. And that's about it. Turkey calling. Most of the turkeys I called my voice back then. So. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate it, Mr. Ray. This has been an awesome topic. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Oh, I appreciate the time. Thanks for getting on here with you guys. Uh, we, we always time to talk about turkey, especially fall turkeys. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. appreciate that. And, and I'll, it, it's a topic we haven't really covered a lot on the show. And so, you know, anytime I can get a guest on that is extremely knowledgeable about it, like you, I know it helps out not just me and Cameron, but it helps out everyone listening. So we greatly appreciate that. Certainly, guys. Yeah, and if any listeners need any further info, Mr. Ray has got a bunch of books that are awesome reads, I can tell you from experience, and I also just ordered his DVDs on hunting fall gobblers and hunting in the fall in general, so go check those out on his, what, what's your website? Is it Eyes on the uh, Outdoors? Rayi.com. Yeah. Rayi.com. Rayi.com. Okay. Yeah, awesome. So Cameron, on a scale of 1 to 10, how helpful was that call with Uncle Ray for you? Uh, that was a 10 man i mean that any article you read online tells you bust the flock bust the flock bust the flock i mean that's just that's what everybody tells you to do and he's sitting here like why would i bust them it takes forever to find them (laughs) i mean just the way he said that and and the you think about how sensible what he said is yeah it's, it's really it really makes you just think Okay, all these people have been doing this wrong for all these years. <laughs> Books have been written about this topic exactly. incorrectly. Yeah. I mean, it busting them works, you know, in situations, but I will say to hunt the gobblers, it, it does make a lot more sense to me to just try to challenge the flock. Yeah. I mean, everybody who ever writes anything about busting gobblers up says, oh, they don't come back for a long time anyway. You probably won't kill them. Okay, why don't we try not doing that? Just tick them off and get them to come in there to whoop you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be trying it. You know, the, the hardest thing for me, at least in my opinion, in the fall is finding the gobblers. Right. Once I find them, I'm going with Uncle Ray's idea. I'm not going to run up there and run them off, at least not on purpose. I'm going to try to hang with them for as long as I can until I can say something that makes them come over to me. Well, there's a couple of things that we need to think about, too, in, when busting up a flock. Number one, we're running with a loaded gun, Yeah. which I personally don't think is ever all that smart. I, I don't know. Would I rather run with scissors or a loaded gun? Probably a loaded gun. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But it's still not safe. Yeah. And then... You know, from everything that I hear about it, and I've busted flocks in the, well, I'm, I was going to say fall. It was really late winter. Intentionally busted them and sat down and called them in. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't have a 
fall or winter season in the county that I was in, yeah. you know, still I'm outside and still fun. scouting for turkeys. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get a flock of turkeys. Why would you not sit down and practice calling and listening to them call as well? Yeah. And number two is from everyone that I've talked about, everything that I've read about fall turkey hunting is that it is so difficult to get a good bust on the flock. Mm-hmm. the first time that you end up having to bust that flock two or three or four times to get the turkeys spread out everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, so then you've got them spread all over the countryside. And I would imagine if two or three or four of those turkeys are the last ones that you busted and they've now been scared three or four times to be completely split up, they're going to be real leery about coming back onto the ground and yes they still want to assemble into a flock but i think they're going to be a lot more leery in doing that but that's me i've never fall turkey hunted it's just what i imagine and you know it's like when i ask ray the question of is it easier to challenge a flock of three or four or five or ten gobblers than it is to challenge or call to a flock of gobblers that you've just busted up and you're trying to call back in, you know, it seems to me like it would just be easier because you got all that, even though they're really not producing testosterone at the time, but work with me in the example here. You've got all that testosterone flowing between these boys trying to outdo each other, and here comes some stranger into the picture, you know, who's challenging all of them. Yeah, I mean, their sole purpose is to become top dog. Yeah, so, you know, all of them are going to come in there and and whoop up on the stranger. So, you know, but Ray was quick to say, not necessarily, that that's not always the case, you know, that Mm -hmm. he sat down and challenged that boss gobbler out of the group that he busted and had that boss Tom come right on in, you know, Mm -hmm. right after being busted. So, you know, what I'm saying is what I imagine in my mind to happen in the fall is not necessarily the case because... I don't have a whole lot of experience with it. So that's yeah. why we have these experts on the show like Ray to set me straight. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't have hardly any experience either. And I'm hoping to employ some of these tactics and maybe become more experienced this October. Cool. Uh, I, I'm fired up about getting after them now. I mean, I'm just ready to go. <laughs> well, I think a little chat with uncle Ray will do that to you. Yeah. And, uh, Briefly, I'll share. I didn't. I did not mention this to you either, but I was in Mississippi on an early teal season hunt, and I was scouting for some blue wing teal, and I came across a flock of turkeys, probably twenty turkeys. I think it was a group there, and ran up amongst them and got a really good break on them. <laughs> yeah. And so I went about and went on and kept scouting for teal for about an hour, hour and a half, and then pulled back up there and just parked my car and turned it off and let everything get real quiet again. And then I got out and just left the door open. And, you know, I didn't have a call with me, but I just kind of... With my voice. Mm -hmm. And that old boss hen out there started yelping up a storm at me. And she was coming. (laughs) Really? Yeah, she was coming in. It was nuts. It was awesome. But obviously me wearing white and standing by a car, she didn't make it to within range of sight. But she got a sick poult or something out there. Probably the perfect call for her. Yeah. And anyway, it was a cool experience. 
I had her yelping really hard. It was it was pretty neat. So the the busting can work. I think it works really well with hens and poults, and that makes a lot of sense with a mother and child kind of relationship. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna try to kill gobblers, and I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna shoot a hen, and I'll shoot a year and a half Jake. You know, I mean, next year's two year olds have a nice seven eight inch beard right now. I mean, that that's a gobbler. Right. And I'd probably shoot a Jake Polt personally, but I don't think I'm going to shoot any hens. If a single hen comes in, I might do it for a wing bone and the meat, but it's just going to have to feel right. And I just don't know if I'm going to. Yeah. And I mean, that's just a personal thing. You know, I don't care if other people do it. You know, (laughs) I'm just saying for me. I will say this. If we go on our late winter hunt, and I really should rephrase that, when we go on our late winter hunt, if a bearded hen comes by me, you can kiss her goodbye. <laughs> Only depends on if she had to come by me first. Oh, don't think I won't shoot one out from under you. <laughs> I won't do that for anybody, but I'll right do it for you. My nose, you know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, just be sure you have on your safety glasses. <laughs> No, nah, I mean, that'd be cool. I've, I've only seen a friend of mine shot a bearded hen with me a couple years ago, and it, it was it was really interesting to get to investigate. that. I, I didn't really even think about it at the time, but I've never gotten to investigate a hen up close. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't look down on that one bit. I mean, she I would don't make care it. if you look down on it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you smoking know, me a hen if she comes by with a beard. Trust me. I found a bearded hen that had been run over on a piece of property that I could hunt. She'd been run over on the road right there. Had a nine inch beard. Dang. It was thin, but yeah. it was a rope, man. Yeah. So yeah, well that was that was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. And I have the favor of the week this week. Oh yeah. someone's being a little braggadocious. Let's hear it. How the turns have tabled. Uh-huh. This week's favor of the week, <laughs> I want you guys to message Ray I on Facebook, I believe that's the only place you can get him. Or you can send him an email or Instagram if he has it. Any social media platform, if you have a cell number, text him. Tell him, wow, what a great episode on the Turkey Hunter podcast. We really, you know, enjoyed that episode. Let him know that you enjoyed it being on the Turkey Hunter podcast. I think by you guys reaching out and letting our guests know that they're being heard and appreciated from our podcast, they'll be a lot more likely to come back on when we're ready to have them again next time. Absolutely. So that's the favor of the week this week. Yeah, that's spot on. And for you guys who are interested in buying Ray's DVDs or Ray's books, when you order those, let him know that you just listened to him on the Turkey Hunter podcast and you want a copy of his book or books or you want a copy of his DVDs and... Heck, you may as well ask him to sign them for you. Yeah, I ordered two of his DVDs that are only on fall turkey hunting, which uh, I couldn't find anything else like it around. But they're solely on fall turkey hunting and, you know, how to, but also showing hunts after hunts after hunts of fall turkey hunting. And he signed both of the DVDs. I didn't even ask him to do that. I didn't know if he would or not, but he did. And they've been really interesting. So you guys may want to check those out. It's one of the best resources I've found for actually watching how people are fall turkey hunting because it's really hard to find things like that. Yeah, yeah. And also his books are awesome. So you can't go wrong with a Ray I book of any kind. Absolutely. That's the kind of stuff. Those are the reasons why 
we're able to get guests to come back on multiple times with us. And I will promise you, and many of you already know this, we did not even scratch the surface on what Ray I knows about oh, no. fall turkey hunting or wild turkeys in general. Absolutely not. And by you guys reaching out and letting him know you heard him on this podcast and you may have bought a product from him because you heard him on this podcast, that's going to make him think, oh, I'm, I want to be back on that podcast. Exactly. Plus, it's just a good thing to do anyway. Because yeah. if you learn something, it's good to let him know you did. Yeah. So, and that's the favor of this week. Yeah, and you know, Cameron, our listeners are usually really good about doing that. And that's, look, we all know Preston Pittman likes to talk. And Preston Pittman likes to talk about turkeys. But it's one of the reasons why Preston is so willing to come back on this show is because you guys are supporting our guests that we have on here. And we really do appreciate that. I'm, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much that that means to us to know that you guys are supporting our guests and letting them know that you heard them on this show. So thank you for it. Absolutely. All right. So let's wrap this thing up. You got a trip to plan for and pack for. Absolutely. Okay. Wrap it up, Andy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.